I got a fucking perplexing question for you. It might end up being something simple. I was kind of hoping Jay could be here because he's the kind of person that would just point out why I'm wrong about this. But Oh, really? <laughs> you haven't noticed that? <laughs> I actually welcome it in this situation. Yeah. Like, I, I got to be missing something. Something must have happened that I was just, like, in a coma for a week during because I don't understand it. Yeah. And I need someone who's, like, on the internet to explain it to me. Gotcha. You ever get the feeling that everything in America is completely fucked up? You know that feeling that the whole country is like one inch away from saying, that's it, forget it. Let's see. Thanks, Mr. Uh, now look, here's a house full of bees. Like you think the honey badger cares? It doesn't give a Listen, shit. Listen, let's get one thing straight. Price is right. Guns don't kill people. I sounds like it was straight up lifted off Fleetwood Mac, the, yeah. the Rumors album, which is awesome. Right. A great production. I could see that. Yeah. I yeah. love that super small drum sound and just that kind of thick, pl- plotty bass. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love a bass line that... Uh, I thought it was for me. I was like, I don't think I recognize this song. <laughs> I love a bass line that's not trying very hard. Yeah. And yet is just the perfect, like perfect groove. Right. Like, like all the funk stuff. You yeah. know, you think of a funk bass line and you would think like, oh, it's got to be like something like, like slapping, like noodling bass line. Oh, it's you slap never. that bass, I slap on your face, <laughs> as we used to say. <laughs> uh, what's great about stuff like that, like that has a good groove with the drummer and the bass player, it's, what was it, two, three notes? Or some of those funk bass lines are one or two notes. Yep. And no one can play it like that guy. You can sit there and play oh, along totally. with the record, and it's just like, no, I, I cannot groove like that guy. It's, he's so perfect in there. Yeah. Perfect feel, perfect touch. Same with the drummer. I love that. I know what you mean. Doing more with less. Do you know who that was? No. Dire Straits. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess it sounded exactly like Dire Straits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were another, uh, another great band. Another band that did a lot with very little. Yeah. In terms of like just. Even instrumentation and Mark Knopfler, that is a complete shredder. It's always the case, right? Like yeah. guys that know how to do it really well don't necessarily have to in order to get their point across. I sat kind of like us with uh, talking <laughs> shit on the internet, <laughs> right? <laughs> I uh, I sat down. I must have been in my mid twenties. I sat down and learned the solo from Sultans of Swing, like note for uh, note. Yeah, it took me a long time. That is a good one. Not easy to play. Yeah. Um, I remember uh, you mentioning that song, Sultan's a Swing, one time 
which is like just you know, great song. And that kind of wanting the the groove of a song that you had written to be in that mm -hmm. kind of groove. And uh, one of your bandmates not really being into it. Oh, right. Yeah. That's I, whenever I hear that song, I think of that conversation. That was always a disconnect that I don't want to be disparaging. disparage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but when you reference an idea for a, a groove, I always kind of, because I, there's, I love like so many types of music. Mm -hmm. I mean, like death metal, reggae, like Fleetwood Mac, you know, everything. It's just, it's all interesting to me if it's done well and if it comes from a genuine place. I'd, I'd love to hear it. I'd love to dissect it in my mind. And it's cool because you can reference that even though you're in some blaring loud rock band, but you can reference something like, like you know, the groove, uh, you know, this song by like Fleetwood Mac. That person goes, I hate Fleetwood Mac. I'm all, Fair enough. What okay. I'm talking about, yeah. though, is that they're <laughs> phenomenal musicians and the groove, how you don't, I'm not saying you need to go out and see them. You don't have to go live. camping with them. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I'm, before I piss you off, I'm going to um, mm -hmm. share some funny stuff with you. Um, we went to church today, I was telling you, mm -hmm. and met some people there that I hadn't seen in a long time. Right. Turns out they're listeners of the podcast and... Um, they were talking about something that we talk about a lot is like leaving California yeah, or at least leaving Sonoma County mm -hmm. to try and find somewhere where they could raise their kids and, and then not have to move again also, right. you know, cause moving as everyone knows is just the worst thing that you can ever do. And they were talking about, I don't want to, um, send my kids to a school where they're being taught that boys are girls and girls are boys or being taught sex education, you know, at in kindergarten, right. whatnot. And I was like, oh my God, I got to tell you guys this thing happened the other day. I almost, because I homeschool junior. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, the other day we were getting in the truck and we were going to, either going to jujitsu or going to a job site or something, but he's, you know, constantly talking about um, just getting hit in the balls or uh -huh. someone getting shot in the ding and just, it's, it's constant, you know, as you know, he was a, being a father of a yeah. boy yes. and he's like, what if like a missile came through the window and it hit me in my ding? <laughs> and I was like, well, son, uh, that would not be good. Uh, if you lose your ding, then you won't be able to have, you know, babies later on when you're, uh, when you get married. And I was like, oh fuck. He goes, what babies come from my ding? And I was like, God, son of a, uh, go let's talk go, to your mom. Yo, let's go. We got to get going. Let's get in the, get in the car. I was like, fuck. I almost inadvertently had the birds and the bees conversation with him out of the blue. It's my own stupid fault. Babies come from my ding. I was like, oh no, just so you know, no, just start there. And we'll talk about this in 10 years. So then Santa Claus isn't real. Like, oh, no. <laughs> God damn it. What have I done? <laughs> this is vortex of just unraveling all the childhood lies. What about Tower 7, Dad? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, Tower 7. We got a guest coming on in a couple of weeks to talk about the old Tower 7. I am really looking forward to that. Me too. I believe that's going to be the first pod we do in February. Nice. Um, okay, so. I not only went to a party last night. Oh yeah, but with while uh, everyone was there to watch a football game, right? So a little twofer out of character. I How was it? Uh, it was uh, well. There was pizza, so I was pretty happy. Excellent. Uh, good people, actually, really good people. Nice. And then um, I'm guessing you didn't watch the game. No, I mean it was on, but I was kind of chatting it up with people. Yeah. And then um, I met a guy there, which 
I didn't realize this till later. He goes, hey, I recognize you. I'm like, oh, really? Like, from where? He goes, you do that podcast. I'm like, oh, crazy. And I start. How could he recognize you? From that's what I thought. I yeah. was like, huh. It must have been. Did he mean your voice? No, I think it was from maybe, it must have been on Instagram. I don't think there's. Or video. We did, we've done some video. Oh, that might have been it. Yeah. yeah. But what's cool is I, he, I don't think he, he found it completely independently. On his is own. that right? Yeah. Which I thought was kind of interesting. Huh. But I thought the same thing when we were leaving. I was like, how do you recognize me? <laughs> I had that experience. Su- super, uh, super good dude. Shout out, Matt. I had an, a similar experience and someone recognized me by my voice. We've been talking for most of the night. And then he goes, do you do a podcast? Really? Yeah. That's funny. We talked guns for mm-hmm. a solid hour. And my wife, it was so funny. My wife mocked me. She goes, we're going to that party. I was like, oh, all right. It's kind of a birthday party for someone, uh, my buddy, who I really, really like. I was like, okay, like, we'll go. I don't have, like, social anxiety. I have, I just like it better at my house anxiety. So <laughs> once I'm there, I'm having a good time. social anxiety. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she goes, you know what? You're going to find some guy because they all hunt and everything. You're going to talk about guns. He's like, you're going to be talking about, you know, you're just doing imitations of me. Like, 15 minutes after you arrive, you're going to be in the kitchen with a beard, a bunch of guys. Like, no, you got to go with the 6'5 Creed more. <laughs> 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 and swear to God that happened. She walked in and we're like going deep on like rifles. And she goes, she looks at me. She goes, this is what I was I talking about. Old too. Yeah. She was right. She was right. Nice. Yeah, that sounds fun actually. Yeah. It was a good time. I love talking about guns. I, uh, packing right now. Right on. You know who else loves guns? Oh wait, sorry. I got my notes wrong. He uh, hates guns. Sorry. Oh yeah. Mr. Governor, hair gel himself, Gavin Newsom. It was his security have like nunchucks or what are they using? Knives? The art of Krav Maga? Uh, well, if the whole world was gunless, then no one would need a gun. Okay, that's not what I asked. Though. Yeah, but with all people get killed by guns, correct? That's a good, yeah. Okay, so if there were no guns, then those people would not get killed by guns. That's a decent point. I've never thought of that. Okay, so there you go. I rest my case. You, you won once again. <laughs> All right, this clip is going to piss you off. Oh, boy. Get ready. Okay. He was on Bill Maher oh. last week or whatever, last episode. All right. We've got a great show. We have Andrew Sullivan and Ari Melber. But first up, he's our governor. Gavin Newsom is over here. Who is a fan of that guy? Unbelievable. Better than when I was recalled. It's It's been too long. That's the end of the clip. (laughs) (laughs) Can you believe there are that many people in a room who would just scream? No. It's the first thing I said. I was like, who are these fans? What the fuck is wrong with you people? He goes on in this interview with Bill Maher to... uh, Bill was saying that, uh, uh, you know, I watched you. He's like, you're, you should be running for president. You know, you have all the. Bill Maher said that. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was a little more kind of common sense oriented. Okay. This is a deep topic that I'm not going to go into right now. All right. But Bill Maher is anti-woke. Yes. And so what does it mean to be anti-woke? It doesn't mean a goddamn thing because where did wokeness come from? It came from, you and I talk about like the origin of it being. Uh, Marxism. 
well, the, uh, when it came onto the scene in America. Oh, uh, it magically all. 80 to 90% of all media suddenly jumped on board. It was right after uh, Obama's implementation of the DEI program. Yeah, and the Occupy Wall Street protests, yeah. and the We Are the 99%. A, shell and, game to distract you. Right. <clears throat> and I remember I watched a TED Talk by this billionaire who said, you know, I tell my billionaire friends that um, we got to make a change. <laughs> I say that sentence all the because, time. <laughs> because the pitchforks and torches are coming. These people are going to come for us. Right. And we really need to change things as I don't want to be, you know, strung out by no, maybe on a we should post. explain that a little better. And I think the, the guy who summarized it the best was Dave Smith. I, I think on one of mm-hmm. his first, uh, Joe Rogan appearances is what he's saying is like, we're not, it's not like we are staunchly against anything woke. Right. Right. Bill Maher is, is a classic liberal as that's what I'd call myself, to be honest. I mean, it's just like, what are your, you know, what are your thoughts on gay marriage? Like, I'd, why would I have a thought on it? Like, so you're for or against it? I'm like, I'd, why does the government have any voice whatsoever on who gets married? Like, if, if someone wants to And married, I would not put married. Bill Maher necessarily in that category. I don't think he's doesn't have an opinion on that. You don't think so? Well, the more I think about it, I, I wouldn't call him a classic liberal. I've agreed with you before. That's what he calls himself. That. Well, yeah. So he's, he, when he says liberal, I've heard him say, we need to get rid of that other meaning of liberal. Like liberal means what it means now. It doesn't mean, um, you know, like the founding fathers, like liberalism in in the sense of being, uh, uh, for self rule and for, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, the enlightenment. Mm -hmm. It now means like progressive, like leftist. I've never heard him say that. He said it on one of his, on one of his shows. Yeah. Okay. Um, but sorry, continue. Oh, uh, but the way Dave Smith explains it, it's like the, the, when the, the top of the power hierarchy was truly terrified, the banks, the hedge fund managers, J.P. Morgan Chase, Credit Suisse, you know, all the people that are sitting at the top, the reason why you cannot buy a house, you know, working, you, know, you and your wife both working a full-time job, is people finally caught on to it. This began as the Occupy Wall Street movement. And when they looked out that window and they saw the Tea Party, and Antifa standing on the same side of the street chanting, we are the 99%. They're like, that's what this guy was referring to in yeah. the TED Talk. Like, uh, pitchforks are coming out. Yeah, we've point. fucked up the economy for years. Chickens finally needed to come home to roost. Mm-hmm. And instead, we forced everybody, every taxpayer in America to bail us out. And then we gave ourselves fucking bonuses. bonuses. And they are pissed. They're, yeah. And <laughs> Turns so- out you can push them too far. <laughs> yes. And so they created this brilliant shell game known as basically wokeism and identity politics. And instead of the 99%, it became we are the 1%, we are the 2%, we are the 9%, we are the 13%. And they all started bickering among each other and convinced right. that each, each other little group was their enemy and staunchly opposed ideologically from everything you believed in. And then they... Yeah. And that was done intentionally. Yeah, they and it worked. They didn't necessarily invent that concept or invent wokeism, but they injected it with steroids mm-hmm. so that we would all fight amongst ourselves rather than unify yeah. together against them, the actual true enemy that's sitting up the there. Perfect example, like J.P. Morgan Chase is, you know, complicit in the Federal Reserve printing money out of thin air, crashing the economy multiple times, by the way, mm-hmm. and you know. They get bailed out with your money by printing more money, which causes inflation, which means your money is worth less and less and less. I don't know. We go through this stuff all the time. And the year after that you were on the sidewalk screaming, like, these people need to pay, is they just took a little bit of more of your money and put a J.P. Morgan Chase 
pride float and the parade and the pride parade. And one goes, Oh yeah, cool. They're, you know, they're good guys now. And it totally worked. You guys bought it. Here's the thing though, that why, and what, how this comes back to Bill Maher. I don't think that, um, what they really want, they don't really want wokeism because the, at the end of the day, the wokesters would come for them too. Yeah. Right. What they want is just, Marxism works. They want people fighting. Yeah. Right. So if you're, whether you're woke or you're anti-woke, you're doing what they want you to do. Yeah. If you're wasting your time worried about the woke shit, which I mean, it's not, it's not nothing. Like yeah. we do have to fight against it, but it's not the core problem that's going on. Right. Um, but as long as you're fighting, then their work is done. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think anyone who's, if your best quality is that you're an anti-woke person, mm-hmm. that that's all you're doing is just being a useful idiot for Oh, yeah. You know, if that's your only good thing, and that's Bill Maher's only good thing, Mm -hmm. I've come to think. Because he's still believes in climate change. He thinks Trump is the the devil. He thinks Gavin Newsom would be a good president. (laughs) It's a little odd. And he goes on in this interview to say, you know, I saw you on the Ron DeSantis debate, and I just think, man, that's just the guy we need. You know, he's a little mean, and he's... And I'm like, anyone that watched that debate... Mm -hmm knows that he was lying, right. making up statistics or making up the, you know, manipulating, well, manipulating statistics, lies, damn lies and statistics. Exactly. He, it was just, it was embarrassing. He should be ashamed of himself. I mean, if my father or my mother watched me do that on TV, I wouldn't be able to look them in the face. It's, it's not even embarrassing. He, he knows it works. It's just, why, why, yeah, it's, why does anyone, which is all he wants. Why would anyone feel compelled to tell the truth? You don't have to. Like, that's the game. If you're going to go out there and be totally honest, like, you're playing a game that's rigged against you. Yeah. Because, you know, we can, fact, yeah. we can fact check it the next day. And it was like, <laughs> no one sees your fact check. They only saw the debate. I just still think and there's they would, value. And they went into it thinking, like, I already know who my guy is. I'm not going to change my mind. I think there's value to playing the game correctly, even though, dude, I saw the worst incident of cheating I've ever seen in professional sports over the weekend. Really? Soccer game, mm-hmm. Premier League. Um, Worse than Suarez biting someone? Would you categorize that as cheating? <laughs> it was just awesome. <laughs> Especially since he did. And, and even better, some random dude in Sweden on the next World Cup, he's like, he's going to bite someone again. He, he puts this huge bet down and he won. Suarez did bite someone. Oh, that's awesome. That's like my favorite sports moment. That's a good one. <laughs> I would definitely put that on my list. Um, okay, so here's the situation. There's a free kick. Coach Alsoras, like, do you have like a kink? Like, what is this? <laughs> Stop biting people. It's Maybe he had a bad. side bet with that Which guy is, that made the yeah, bet in yeah, Vegas. Okay, now we're talking. <laughs> it's even better because of just the, it's so comical because he's got those giant buck teeth. It's like, I don't know. Oh my is, God. is he even trying to bite someone or is he just like, yeah. like coming down? And Yeah, when your teeth are that big, occasionally oh. you're going to, you're going to quote bite someone. But just because your teeth come in contact with another person, what are you supposed to do? The guy has fucking elephant tusks. Um, okay, so here's the situation. The, it's a free kick. Parents went away on a week's vacation. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. And uh, in the in the Premier League, the ref has this can of like paint that he paints the ground with, but it's not paint because it yeah. disappears. It's foam, right? Okay, like shaving cream. Yeah. And he marks where the ball is supposed to go. Shaving cream. Then he goes and he draws a line where the people have to stand behind that line to yeah. create the wall to block the kick. Yeah. While his back is turned, the dude takes the ball and moves it to the other side 
like of the like a foot away uh-huh. of the of the foam. Right. Right. And no one's seeing this because the keeper is trying to get the the wall set up right, and the guys in the wall are looking back at the keeper, and they're lined up with where the ball is at the right. So the guy moves the ball twelve inches. No one sees it. Then motherfucker picks up the foam no and moves the foam onto the other side of the ball and then moves the ball again. Wow. So he moved it probably 18 inches to two feet from Dang. where it's supposed to be kicks and scores. Yeah. And they asked him after the game. He's like, well, it's just part of the game. You know, I'm just like, what the <laughs> fuck? And so I don't respect that guy. Okay. And I, if I was, if my son was playing, uh, I like people that think outside the box. No pun intended. I would be ashamed of my son mm-hmm. if I saw him do that on TV. And I think that a political candidate who is cheating just to win mm-hmm. is someone that you should have no respect for. And there are instances of people running for office who have not had to do that. And it shows people respect that. And I would say, you know, Ron Paul is probably the classic example of the political candidate who just went up there and said the most unpopular shit, but it was true. He never lied. He never, you know, well, at least knowingly, he never misled people. Let me just say that. That was not his intention. He's like, I'm here to, to fuck things up and I'm going to do it with the truth because we've been, no one will actually give us the truth. And people ate it up. Speaking of, you know, tea party moment and all that, that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I know what you're saying, but I also think that there's room for, I mean, we deserve not to be lied to. I don't know. Whatever. Didn't mean to go down that rabbit hole, but... Mm-hmm. Um, dude, you want to see something that's just going to also piss you off? I told you I was going to piss you off, right? <laughs> Why do I do this again? <laughs> um, so I got this uh, that piece Gav- of mail. That Gavin Newsom thing didn't piss me off. It's just to be expected. Yeah, I know. My, this won't piss you off either. This is a, in that exact same category. My uh, nihilism is almost impervious <laughs> to, to the world around me. Okay, this is the notice I got from my payroll agency. Oh, Here this will says. piss me off. Important. Additional FUTA tax due January 2024. Did it is time called the FU tax. FUTA tax. It's time to prepare for your additional FUTA tax in January. Your estimated tax due is $42. Your company owes this additional tax because you paid wages to employees in an FUTA credit reduction state. This means your state took loans from the federal government to fund its unemployment compensation programs and hasn't repaid those loans in time. You'll receive an invoice between January 15th and 18th showing the amount you owe. That is awesome. Can you believe it? I almost feel like ADP who sent me this, uh, this notice is like just as annoyed as I am. Like right. you live in a fucked up state that couldn't repay its debts. And so now you have to yeah, pay for it. for it. $42 a year. Thank you very little. That's awesome. Isn't that ridiculous? It's very. Okay. So I told you that I was going to, um, show you something that was perplexing. Okay. Um, all right. There's a new commercial. For Google. Okay. All right. For Dildo here. It's, uh, I don't even know what it's for, but this keeps popping up. If you were watching the game yesterday, you might have even seen this a couple times. Ready? Let go, your conscious self. 
out to you about um, that that was odd no i'm so out of touch with pop culture and <laughs> what's currently going on and okay I this is about the movie back to the future so yeah. there's a scene in back to the future right there and you heard him say roads but we're going we don't need roads okay did this come from something some other commercial that i'm missing or was this from the movie roads where we're going we don't need That's from the movie. okay yeah so we just watched it the other night. Okay. Look different to you? Yeah, a little. Why? we going, we don't need. Look at Christopher Walken. I mean Christopher Reeve. Wait, Lloyd. What's Lloyd, thank yeah. you. <laughs> I call him Chris. That's how I do I usually it. use yeah. his last name. Okay, this is Michael J. Fox. Right. In that, I mean, that's young Michael J. Fox, right? Yeah. This is Michael J. Fox's mom. Uh, no. No, that's his girlfriend, present day, uh, relative to the movie. No. You sure about that? Okay, that's the girlfriend. I have the screen pulled up here. That's the girlfriend. Oops. Okay. It's two different people. Mm, okay. Look at Christopher Walken. Or Chris fucking. Christopher Lloyd. They both look like Christopher Lloyd to me. This guy here is older with a lot more makeup on. Play it again. Okay. Roads. Where we're going, we don't need. Rose. Okay, I'll play the other one. Yeah. Interesting. Isn't it? Yeah. The wife noticed Dude, this. How the hell did you catch that? The wife, as who is one of our best contributors, uh, noticed it and look. Right. Two different chicks. And yeah. why would the mom be in the car with him? This is why I'm saying I know there must be some like easy answer like well this is from some Coca-Cola commercial in the past or something where they did something weird. Okay, but I was it. in a coma like you not really paying attention to pop culture. So just to clarify for anyone that's not following in this Google commercial at the end there is a scene where Doc says roads where we're going we don't need roads. And in the car as everyone will remember is Marty from the movie his girlfriend because mm -hmm. they're going into the future to take care of their kids who are acting up yeah. or whatever. And then uh, Doc Watson, and they they take off. But in the Google commercial, it's not the woman that played his girlfriend. It's yeah, the woman that played his mom. I thought that was, yeah, I wasn't with you on that one at first, but now that we've moved the frame along, those are two different people. And I just think Google's up to something, man. <laughs> you know what this reminds me of? The Mandela effect. Okay. And it's like we have proof that the Mandela effect is a real thing here or something. Yeah. 
Why don't you explain the Mandela effect for people that don't know? Uh, the, the name comes from a lot of people thinking that they remember Nelson Mandela dying in prison. Right. Which I never did. I mean, he got out and he became president of South Africa. But the, it should is, be called the Bernstein Bear. Is that before or after he marched with Joe Biden <laughs> for equality? <laughs> uh, man, Joe Biden uh, was such a plagiarist. He even plagiarized, like, uh, actions. <laughs> that, historical that events. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Strange one, huh? That is interesting. I'm sure there's who, a. So I, I'm, who, I'm sure I'm an idiot, and there's a good explanation for caught, what this is. Who but caught that again? Gertrude. Wow, it's way to go. I know. I even said no. I went back and I recorded the it, fucking it screen. It was so from subtle. Our, I was like, I don't know, dude. I mean, it looks. And <laughs> the more we looked at it, I'm like, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, those are two different people. It's like clearly more aged. Uh, Christopher Lloyd. Dude, I don't know. It's just shit like AI. Just being on. lied to, man. <laughs> We're being lied to everywhere we turn. I don't get it. It's, it's, yeah. Did you? Um, I'm just gonna keep uh, jumping from topic to topic till you, you cut me off. All right. Okay. Um, did you watch that? Uh, speaking of you having a good gun conversation mm-hmm. the other night, you're a member of USCCA, right? Yes. My dad signed up with them, and he used me as a reference. I got $200 in free shit from them. Ah. Because they got some cool stuff on their website. They They have a lot of gear. I bought a tactical jacket that has a spot for your gun Mm -hmm. inside of it, which I like, but I don't love the jacket. Yeah. So, and that's the only option. They should have way more of that on their website, by the way, if they're listening. Sew it into something else. Modify, adapt, overcome. That's what I'm doing. Okay. I, uh... And I think I might even explore putting those on our website. Mm-hmm. You know what I want to do is flannels that have a Velcro patch on the inside because Crossbreed Holster sells a uh, Kydex holster for your specific pistol right. with or without an optic too. And they have a lot of options for optics with a, and then it's mounted onto a piece of leather. So one side's Kydex, one side's leather. And then on the back of the leather is a hook. Who's I just having a conversation with? We were talking about guns and they were just getting into them. They're like, oh, I'm going to pick out this and pick out that. And, you know, not that I know enough to be, you know, giving advice or whatever. And I was like, well, you got to think about this and then this. And then I had talked about uh, putting a red dot I was like, you know, you might want to just get another slide and get it milled for the red dot. And then you could train with iron sights or the red dot or whatever. And they go, God, this is a lot to take in. I was like, wait till you try and find a holster. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It'll take you months. So I like this uh, crossbreed company. I I didn't at first because when you buy that holster, it comes with the Velcro system. Yeah. So it's, it's modular because they use Velcro. Yeah. And so you can, we, whatever you can attach Velcro to, you can attach this holster to. Right. But it's not great on a, in like a, out on your hip. Yeah. If you're training, like you bump it and it's going to come loose. Yeah. But take like a nice flannel, which we can sell on libertytreelifestyle.com along with a lot of other cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, sew the Velcro into the shirt and do it in a cool stitch too. So it looks, you know, on the outside like, design almost so and it makes it easy to sew it on right and then you get this if you're a right-handed draw you get a left-handed draw holster yeah. from crossbreed and then boom fits on the inside sticks tight to that uh velcro and then you button the shirt up nice and if you ever need to get in there you just unbutton one button bang <laughs> take that bad, insert bad uh, guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay but did you watch the uh, 
video that I sent you about USCCA. No, I don't. I don't even. I don't. Okay. I saw that you sent me anything. All right. So there's this big controversy going on right now with them. That R- really in the gun community. Well, this is this is interesting because you and I both have their insurance, right? Mm-hmm. There's two cases that happened recently where they um, did not. Oh. Come to the aid of their client. Okay. Do tell. One of them was a woman, and I, I don't have her name pulled up. Uh, it's not okay, the, we can skip over that one. <laughs> <laughs> <Just> kidding. It's <laughs> a joke. Um, yeah, USCCA will cover women with guns also. Really? Yeah, I know. They're very, uh, you know, fringe, pr- progressive. Um, well, this woman killed her husband in self-defense, mm-hmm. and the USCCA dropped her uh, because she was convicted. Uh, I'm not as familiar with the details on oh, that. Oh, okay. But they have uh, so, in but, their in their uh, the, contract with you. It says that if you are convicted of a criminal, if that, you've if you've used your gun in an illegal way and you've done a criminal act with your gun, then we have the right to drop you. Right. Which you know, is you know I think we should set this up for USCCA is United States Concealed Carry Association. What it is, it's uh, it's, it's basically it's a resource company. Uh, in the context that we're talking about it right now, it's an insurance company, especially if you live in a place like California. The way that the laws are set up, that if you are the owner of a fire, you're like you're kind of guilty until proven innocent. Yeah. And what it does is if you are, God forbid, ever in a situation where you have to use your firearm to protect yourself, um, they are basically, they have, depending on what your policy is, they'll provide you with legal resources so you don't you're not sitting in a cage you know, until some jury who already hates you probably anyway because you're in California and you used mm-hmm. a gun, um, you know, waiting to go home to your family. So, yeah, it's insurance right. that we all need Correct. here. Yeah. And the, be- the best, <laughs> the best thing that I've heard what sold me on them because I was doing tactical training and they gave a little speech and I was like, I don't know, I don't think I need this. And he told the story of a guy in his house, a multiple, multiple convicted felon. It's shocking. Never Sorry. broke into his house. With a gun, threw the gun, tried to shoot the homeowner. The homeowner shot him, killed the guy. Cops came. They're like, we're not even taking you in. This is so clear cut. This guy has a rap sheet a mile long. He tried to shoot you in your house. You know what I mean? He was clearly breaking in to try to kill you and steal all your shit. All was said and done. And this is like what convinced me. He's like, then this guy's baby mama, who he hadn't, um, she came to him for him to pay for all the child support that this guy had never paid for. It was like 70 grand or something mm-hmm. like that. And he was insured and they, you know, the USCCA said like, you know what? We can fight this in court, probably win, but it's going to tie up probably two years of your life. And he's like, or we could just pay her out of your policy and this whole thing will go away right now. Yeah. That's how screwy California gun laws are. I, this, these couple cases that have come up recently have really made me think about CCA a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. A situation like that, is low hanging fruit for them mm-hmm. because that's so clear that he was in the right. Right. But you don't really, you think about it. <clears throat> do you need them more when you're clearly in the right or when it's a total gray area? Right. That's when you need them. <clears throat> and in these two cases, that's when they dropped their, their clients. Gotcha. And now in fairness to the USCCA, they have come out, um, and rebutted what people are saying about them. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually let me, let me show you this case first. This guy's name is Alan Coley. Okay. He was being, uh, he's a, like a Grubhub driver, right. DoorDash. 
and he was being hassled, harassed, I guess, in the uh, mall by some YouTube guy whose YouTube channel is har- harassing people being a fucking prick. Kind of guy that deserves to get shot, basically. <laughs> and so Alan Coley obliged him and fucking shot him. Really? In the mall. Here's a video of it. Old West style. Watch. It's shocking, never-before-seen video that led to the shooting of a notorious YouTube prankster. You can see the prankster. He's the six-foot-five dude in the white baseball cap. His target is a guy named Alan Coley, and he's holding a bag of food he just picked up at the food court at the Dulles Town Center in Virginia. At one point, the 31-year-old Coley shoves the phone out of his face. But the prankster, 21-year-old Tanner Cook, is unrelenting. But the prankster never expected this reaction. A bullet fired into his... (laughs) So, yeah, he pulls out a gun and just shoots the guy in the stomach. I'm not sad that guy got shot. No, nobody is. He fucking deserved it. Um, And he lived. This new culture of fucking with people is, uh, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> it just does not sit well with me. I think that it's always been there, but there's a reward for it now that's like yeah. a monetary, like this huge monetary reward right. for that. That Because that guy, I went to school, grammar school, middle school with that douchebag. Yeah. Right? Not literally, but yeah. plenty of guys like that that just right. got, and look how much bigger he is. I mean, he's an intimidating dude to this guy. And like, he's, he's and he has a he's, friend with him. He's like straight up in his face too. He's like yeah. very obviously trying to intimidate doing something really weird. Yeah. And he, and there's a guy with him too. So it's two against one. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so this goes to court. Alan Coley has a public defender, mm-hmm. and he's a USCCA member. The public defender is, or Alan is. No, Alan. Okay, gotcha. And the some other attorneys who uh, are kind of exposing this they they talk to the public defender like why doesn't he have a lawyer paid for by the USCCA mm-hmm. and the guy's like i don't know yeah he told me that he was a USCCA member but i don't i don't know why it didn't happen really uh-huh and so um he is found not guilty of the self defense charge mm-hmm. but in some ridiculous I don't know how this happens, but the jury, the 12 people that found him not guilty for that also found him guilty for having a gun illegally in a (laughs) discharging a gun in a mall. Okay. Right. So he's not guilty for shooting the guy, but he's guilty for shooting the gun in the mall. So I think probably what happened is (laughs) a very nuanced perspective. The, the jury probably said, well, I don't think he should get, I mean, this guy deserved to get shot kind of like you and I said, but we got to get him with something. Right. So he's been in jail ever since then. Cause he, uh, doesn't get any bail. Okay, so this is interesting because the way that the... Hasn't been bailed out. Okay, the way that the terms of the... That it's structured with the USCCA is the, the first guarantee they make you is if you are in a situation that you are in some trouble because you used a firearm, they immediately bail you out and they immediately provide you with legal resources. Correct. Yeah. The whole... The original premise for having that is like you will not spend any time in jail. Right. I have a card. It's got a number on the back. You're like, don't talk to anyone. Don't talk to the cops. Call this number. We'll get you out, and then we can start talking to people. And that's interesting. The uh, prosecutor used that as a, uh, and this is why, and this is even more fucked up because he had that card with him, and he called USCCA uh-huh. right away. And the prosecutor said, "See, 
he bought this insurance so that he could go shoot somebody. Oh, jeez. Right? And you need, an, you, you need an attorney that's going to defend you in this case, especially when you, you've paid money to have that, and then the prosecution is using the fact that you paid money for defense yeah. as a, a sign that you are a bad guy. And right. you have this public defender who, if you have a public defender, you kind of look guilty to yep. begin with. I mean, there's so many things wrong with the, the whole system. And everything. But anyways, so they didn't come to his aid. I mean, that's, that's obvious. So, the, so what was their response? Have they made a statement? Okay, yeah, so the, the owner of the USCCA um, made a response video. And he said, I'll summarize here, that everything is false that Allen has not been dropped, that he, you know, w- w- they would never drop someone for committing a crime. Because in the, in the fine print, it says that if you commit a crime or you do something mm-hmm. illegal, they can drop you, right? right. Which is asinine, mm-hmm. if you think about it. Because you wouldn't need USCCA if you weren't being charged with a crime. Correct. Okay. Yep. He makes that point. He acknowledges that point. So mm-hmm. he's saying, of course we didn't drop Alan Coley, and he will have full representation by a USCCA lawyer when this uh, when the when this ruling goes to appeals. Why is he in jail? They're supposed to bail him out, right? Why are they going to be? He didn't say we didn't represent. He didn't say anything about the trial. He went through the whole trial and got a conviction, and now he's saying he's going to have full representation in the appeal. And it's like, well, wait a second. What about the trial? Because an appeal, like, are you going to get, are you going to say that it was a, a mistrial? Like, appeals are for going back over the logistics of the case to say that, like, the, some, some misconduct was done by the investigating officer or the judge was biased or it's not to, they don't get a second chance. He's okay. not going to retry this case and get off. The guy's fucked at this point. So here's the only thing. Is, He's uh, going to be a felon who can never carry a gun again. As little as that I know about the legal system and, and this particular situation, I'm just trying to kind of argue from the other side, is that you, are, are, you opt into a policy at a certain level. I think it's 500 grand, a million, and then 2 million. There's like a bronze, silver, gold, or whatever, the way I understand it. And so is it possible that the USCCA was in contact with Alan Coley and basically said, like, we have a fixed amount of money here, right? So we can bond you out on this much money, and that's half of, your, of the money that we just lost. Or they only have, like, so much to play with. And then it's like, I think, if you don't mind, <laughs> stay in jail for a while, and we're going to sit on this chunk on the appeals process because I think we can get you off. Is there, like, maybe a long-term strategy? I'm just kind of throwing that out there. Yeah, I, I appreciate your willingness to be charitable um, <laughs> on this. Uh and that is the right attitude to have because I don't know all the details. Right. But um, in the response. I'm actually really interested in this now. Are you? Okay. Yeah. Let's do this. Um, I'm going to pull up the actual response from the, um, the owner of the USCCA. Yeah. We're not going to – we'll play the whole thing. You and I can watch it. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go back and edit it down so that the, our listeners don't have to hear the whole thing. Okay. Um, but you can see for yourself exactly what, uh, what the guy said. Пока на месте ничто. 
никто не держит И не наскучил мир этот мне Okay, so this is the response to the videos that I, uh, I think I summed up for you. Um, it, probably not very well, but um, this is the owner of USCCA responding. A wise business mentor once warned me that any leader of a big movement must be prepared for unjust criticism, false accusations, and fraud. Tim Schmidt. Expect the best, prepare for the worst is important advice for self-defense and for whatever your God-given mission is in life. Now, recently, some people and organizations have launched several attacks on the USCCA, ranging from outright lying to deceptive half-truths to spin up a false narrative. One crazy lie is the USCCA and the insurance carrier that issues a self-defense liability insurance policy will drop you if you're charged with a crime. This is absurd. This policy absolutely covers criminal charges. I mean, that's the whole point. You'll likely never even need this insurance unless you're being charged with a crime after defending yourself. There are thousands of members who have had their legal fees covered after they were charged with a crime. But is there ever a situation where the insurance company could decide to not cover a claim? Well, rather than focus on the truth, that thousands of people have been charged with everything from brandishing to murder and have had coverage because of their status as USCCA members. Oh no, instead our detractors like to focus on the few rare occasions where a claim was not covered. So I'd like to set the record straight on how that works. The insurance company could make the decision to not cover a claim if there is clear evidence that the member did not act in self-defense. By the way, those competitors all oh, have a shit, similar really? ability to decide if your self-defense argument is... Yeah, like if you <laughs> if you clearly murder someone mm -hmm. and you try to get... I'm insured, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> ...is valid or not. The insurance company would not decide to deny coverage to someone on a whim. Think of it like this. If the facts of the case can at all be construed as potentially being a covered self-defense incident, the insurance company has to provide coverage or else they'd be in breach of contract. Heck, if that ever happens, they'd be inviting a lawsuit to remind them and us what we're here for. But we don't need a reminder that we exist to serve you. Do stay tuned because I believe a lawsuit will be coming over yeah. the Alan Coley thing. The responsibly armed American. And if anyone out there tries to imply that we resent having to pay out, believe me, they're dead wrong. The massive checks involved with helping innocent people defend themselves in court are some of the happiest moments of our professional lives. But here's the other side of the coin. The insurance company is required by law to not cover someone if it's 100% crystal clear that they did not act in self-defense in any way. Now, most of the time, this can only happen with that final unappealable criminal conviction. Until then, until that moment, they are fighting alongside you with the assumption that you're innocent until proven guilty. Stop. What, there was a time. What, okay, something just occurred to me. I guess this would be low-hanging fruit. I think you and I are, uh, correct me if you think that I'm wrong here, that maybe we are looking for this kind of cryptic reason or some kind of thing that we're missing. And then maybe in, uh, in that pursuit, we might have missed like the very, very obvious thing. Because my reaction when I saw that video, I was like, whoa, not self-defense, right? And maybe they saw it the same way. Like, yeah, sorry, bud, you're on your own. You just, you know, some dude was heckling you 
or harassing you and you, and you just shot him in very short duration, right? Given mm-hmm. that that clip that we saw was an accurate representation of how long the prank, I'm using my finger quotes, went on. Yeah. And then once he was found not guilty by the jury, then they went, oh, sorry about that. <laughs> maybe we should, maybe we use bad judgment. Maybe we should add your back. Yeah. And so now they're jumping on board. Am I missing something? No, there? except that he says... <clears throat> We are required to defend you unless it's crystal clear that you were not acting in self-defense. Would they have seen and that? Most, and then he goes, and most of the time, that can't be clear until there's been a verdict given. Mm-hmm. Meaning, no, they have to assume that you're innocent until proven guilty. Okay. Your attorney, if you have an attorney that you've hired, is going to assume that you're innocent until proven guilty. They're going to fight for you. I mean, that's what the public defender did. Yeah. I just and, wanted to throw it out there because I'm trying to make sense of a situation that... Well, they fucked up. It doesn't make sense. They fucked up. That's what it sounds Obviously. Like. Right? Yes. And this is probably the best time to be a USCCA member, by the way, because they do not... They're getting a lot of shit from this. People are jumping ship. There's a lot of other organizations that are capitalizing on this and fucking piling on, by the way. You know, I'm not... Yeah. I'm not above seeing that, you know, everyone's kind of trying to take advantage of this situation. Right. But, like... If you were involved in a very un- unfortunate situation where you had to shoot someone to protect yourself, uh, I and you have USCCA right now, they're probably not going to drop you because they are under a ton of scrutiny. Right, gotcha. <laughs> oh no, no, the rest of the day. no. <laughs> when it became very, very clear, and I mean perfectly clear, that a member had committed premeditated murder. In fact, after originally paying a fifty thousand dollar retainer to the attorneys of Kayla Giles. Evidence, including internet woman. search history, witness testimony, attempts by Kayla to hide evidence, and surveillance footage was turned over that overwhelmingly demonstrated that this was an act of premeditated murder. Okay. The attorney that did defend Kayla Giles mm-hmm. um, actually said, was it the attorney? Ah, dang, I I can't remember what the situation was, but an attorney involved in the case said that this is uh, a very uh, good self-defense case when it first happened. Right. There might have been things that came along after that uh, made it not so clear, but it, the way that he's framing her case is not honest. It very well, She very well could be innocent. It does seem like she had an abusive husband that may have tried to hurt her and that when she killed him, it was not premeditated and that it was in self-defense. She did just buy a gun. She did just get USCCA coverage, uh-huh. but that's not, that doesn't incriminate someone. Like if you're afraid that your husband is going to kill you, you're a woman who's, you know, the weaker sex. And so you go buy a gun in order to defend yourself and you think, well, I better get If this happens and I have to shoot this motherfucker, I need to have an attorney. I'm going to get the insurance too. That's not an evidence of you being a premeditated murder. That's evidence of you being, it could be evidence of you being terrified. Right. So, okay. The way he's saying that, I don't necessarily think is entirely accurate or honest. Uh, I think Kayla lost in court. You explained two sides. The jury quickly determined that Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Those are the two sides. She murdered her husband. And just so the timeline is clear, it is public record that Kayla Giles sued the insurance company during her criminal trial for terminating her coverage. That case was dismissed, and it demonstrates an important point that you need to understand. An insurance policy is a legal contract. 
and the USCCA's insurer is legally bound in a unilateral, aleatory way to provide you with the coverage that we said we would. There has also been a lot said about an ongoing matter involving USCCA member. And, and just because she lost that lawsuit, you know, doesn't mean that she was wrong also. Right. This is a woman with no, n not of means, mm -hmm. suing a company, an insurance company that is lawyered to the fucking gills, right? right. So just because they won against her doesn't mean that. Literally. <laughs> Alan Coley. Now, we can't comment gills, on an ongoing criminal matter, but Mr. <laughs> Coley has not been, nor was he ever dropped by either the USCCA or the insurance company. All right, here we and go. There has also been a lot said about an ongoing matter involving USCCA member Alan Coley. Now, we can't comment on an ongoing criminal matter, but Mr. Coley... Which is... That... Why why can't you comment on an ongoing criminal I've matter? I've always had... That's always been... Such a cop-out. It's like the KJP kind of ripcord. Yeah. What about this... Uh, you know, Hunter worked for, on the board of Burisma. Like, well, it's an ongoing investigation. I'm not going to... It was, right. God dang it. Yeah, but he'll comment on every other ongoing investigation. I mean, the, right. the, the has not been, nor was he ever dropped by either the USCCA <clears throat> or the insurance company. And on appeal, he will be represented by an appellate attorney whose fees are being paid for by the insurance company as part of his USCCA member benefits. So that part right there is just so fishy. Okay, he wasn't dropped, but he wasn't represented either. Yeah. You didn't bail him out. And who gives a shit, like I said before, about the, the appeals? I'm trying the to, appeal I'm, is not going to work. I'm trying to rack my brain. That's why I keep kind of uh, sounding like I'm on the opposition side for the, from what you're presenting. Because I'm, when I'm doing it, I'm going through a basically a, a logical exercise in my brain. Like, there's got to be something like we're just missing here. You know what I mean? Very oftentimes, the yes. uh, the very the most straightforward explanation for something yeah. it kind of explains the situation. And well, this uh, I can't comment on an ongoing uh, investigation, <laughs> okay. Matt, but uh, I'm glad you brought it up. I'll then. let you know when uh, I have more evidence. Now, here's one of the half truths being spun up: the insurance company does, in fact, have the right to recovery and recruitment in the case of fraud. After all, this is in the policy in the event a member attempts to defraud the insurer. But I can tell you that to date, the USCCA's insurer has never recouped any payments made on behalf of a USCCA member. Not once. Not one time in over thousands of cases. I know it's hard to navigate the legal aftermath of a self-defense case. It's something you don't want to and shouldn't have to think about. And I sincerely hope you never go through anything like this. But if you have to, please don't do it alone. If you choose one of our competitors over us, so be it. But don't make that choice because they've lied to you and misrepresented the benefits of USCCA membership. Wow, they must be losing a lot of customers. I believe they are. I mean, I, I was considered because they give you a uh, one-year, you know, bulletproof mm -hmm. money-back guarantee if you don't like their services. I'm they, gonna, they'll I'm, give you your money back. In my mind, I'm still giving them the benefit of the doubt. I have been couldn't be happier with their service. Um, not that you've had to use it. <laughs> I mean, just the basic paperwork, clerical kind of aspect of their business. I like that they send me a magazine. And <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to see, especially this Alan, Alan Cooley. Cooley? Cooley. Cooley, yeah. I'm curious to see like how this kind of plays out. 
Yeah, me too. Stay tuned. I'll send you some more videos too of the uh, the other attorneys that are kind of I attacking. Think, the I SCCA. think we should um, definitely keep keep on this one. I agree. Yeah. I agree. All right. Well, uh, what do you got, Maddie? Alrighty. Should we start the show? Let's start the show. Kind <laughs> of kick things off with a little clip here. Ultimately, the uh, the mRNA vaccines uh, are an example for that uh, cell and gene therapy. I always like to say, if we had surveyed two years ago. Uh, in the public, would you be willing to take a, a gene, th- gene or cell therapy and inject it into your body? We would have probably had a 95% refusal rate. I think uh, this pandemic has also Get to work, opened Jake. many people's eyes to, to innovation in the way that uh, was maybe not possible before. So first off, apologies for the Little Wayne song. It just happened to be the clip I found. That was Bear CEO Stefan Ulrich. That was from 2021 uh, from the Who Summit. And do you take away the kind of gist of that clip? Um, you know, honestly, I wasn't listening. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I just, I hear the, I can tell it was from, was that from WEF? No, WHO. Oh, okay. I just had that kind of like general gloss of why you need to trust the authorities and take your vaccine. And I'm sorry. And he was out. saying I, that if the, you want to play it again, I will. No, listen. no, no, no. He's the reason he, what his message was there in 2021 saying like, well, we can't call it basically a gene therapy because no, we'd have like a 95% refusal rate. Just called a vaccine. This was when 2021. Okay. WHO summit. And I play that for the COVID fanatics that all rolled their eyes. And we say like, you know, you're injecting yourself in experimental gene therapy. And like, Oh my God, where, where'd you get that from? I don't know. One of the companies that made it. (laughs) Um, also shout out, he's the CEO of bear. So shout out to bear who was originally part of IG Farben in the early 1900s. IG Farben, uh, in connection with bear made Zyklon B, which, uh, Ah, used to kill all the Jews in the Holocaust. Yes. But rest assured, they apologized for their role in that little historical hiccup. I know. In 1995. <laughs> so yeah, let's water under the bridge. We're having like a little state of the union here, right? Because we were talking about the Jeffrey Epstein thing. And I was explaining mm. this to my in-laws and they're, right. they're kind of mainstream media. And they're like, so what happened with that again? And I explained like, well, this, <laughs> this, this, and like, interesting. I, I didn't know that. I was like, well, yeah. I said, you know, both guards were asleep and that wasn't their usual shift anyway. And then the um, security cameras, uh, every security camera that, you know, would have caught him. It was all broken. Uh, he had extra bed linen, which if you're on suicide watch, you're never supposed to be alone or have extra bed linen or I think bed linen at all. He had this and it just go on and yeah, on. It's like fucking bed, bath and beyond in that place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and blood bath and beyond. So they, um, and after like a five minute presentation, my little Epstein Ted talk, they're like, they killed him. I was like, yeah. Yeah, they did. That's sort of like, that was sort of was alluding. They go, how how could people believe that he committed suicide? I'm like, I don't know, but it's one of those things. It's like here's this. I'm I'm not trying to tell you guys one thing or the other. Here's just the facts of it. And you know, he had dirt on the most powerful people in the world. And his main partner in crime was uh, Jelaine Maxwell, whose dad was Robert Maxwell, who was part of Israeli intelligence, and blah 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 blah. And you keep going down the line. And I'm like, but it's one of those things. Everyone just shrugs. I'm like, it's very obvious that they killed him, and we just shrug and we just keep moving on. Do you think people actually think that he committed suicide? I think some people do, yeah. Don't you? Because I, I kind of think it's like, well, we know he was 
you know, it does, it seems unlikely that he killed himself, but who, is, kinda, who cares? Constantly mulling this over in my head, and it's, it's just like that. It creates this cognitive dissonance. I'm like, I don't like. Do you really believe that he killed himself? I mean, it's pretty obvious they did not, right? And I'm trying to get into like, are what you lying it? to me, well, I, or are you, are you really, yeah. really think that? What is the mind? Is the mindset like? I know it's fishy, but it's it's not that important, and it's something that I'm not supposed to really kind of dig into. They're afraid. Yeah, I think it's there's there's definitely a kind of a psychosis of formation, like mass formation psychosis that they they don't want to go against. You know how you and I will sometimes like not pay attention to pop culture stuff, and it's mm-hmm. just kind of like I just don't have the I just don't have the bandwidth. Even even if I want to watch. Um, all of the Real Housewives stuff because there's some great clips, you know, great sound bites. Uh, I just don't have the Name time. Name them. <laughs> Name them. Name them. I don't have the bandwidth. Hands down, my second favorite sound effect. <laughs> uh, I am so sick of these <laughs> warmongering pedophiles. Nothing will beat that. Um, these the people that don't dig in, don't want to think about. Did Jeffrey Epstein kill himself? They will justify it the same way that we justify not really knowing much about pop culture stuff. Like, which is kind of like, I'm kind of above that to some degree. I don't have the time to dig into it. I don't, it doesn't really, I don't want to do the whole horse race politics thing. You know, we, we have our own kind of version right. of that. And one way for them to kind of justify not really having to say that they do. 100% believe that he killed himself is to just kind of check out and be like, mm, I haven't really thought about it. Yeah. That's the answer you'll get about. I haven't really thought about it. Yeah. That, that's just something that I don't, it doesn't really matter. I don't really need to think about it. Yeah. And I, I would I, argue I, you do. I think they're, <laughs> yes. Uh, centered around my TED talk, we kept asking uh, Alexa questions to see that. <laughs> oh, it was nice. really, dude, it was actually really fun. I was like, this is nice. one of the nicer family nights. Ever <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. We were having a blast, dude. It was actually, and dude, even my in-laws came around like, they killed him. <laughs> they had all this dirt on him and they killed him. <laughs> they just killed him. They just killed him. Man, wait till they, uh, Hear our episode on JFK and the next one we're doing on the 9-11 so, tax. So we bring up kind of an interesting point because we're talking about, you know, it went from conspiracy theorists talking about, well, yeah, he was clearly murdered. He had dirt on the most powerful people in the world. And then just, and people go like, that's a conspiracy theory. Like, oh, like, wait a minute. Who are the guards? Like, why weren't the guards there? You know, why weren't the cameras on? Like, just all these things kind of line up, right? And... Think of like the COVID regime and the things that made you a conspiracy theorist. And as we say, the drip, drip, drip. It's like, okay, these conspiracy theorists, it turns out they're like continually right over and over again. But we can't just come out and say that. And we're just going to be the slow release. You heard Fauci. So Fauci just came out. um, He was in 14 hours in front of Congress in the House Select Committee on the coronavirus pandemic or whatever. you know, excluding the multiple, you know, numerous things that you could not remember or recall regarding anything to do with the COVID pandemic, <laughs> is he did say, you know, the whole six foot social distancing thing. Yeah. He goes, yeah, that was not based on any science no, like, just whatsoever. Kinda, we just, just sounded good. He goes, it appeared to be the right thing to do. And it's like, <laughs> while that was going on, you're going like, you know, because you, you know, you're getting 
daggers at the yeah. grocery store or someone like jumps off the sidewalk and I had and someone yells at, at you the grocery you, store. And turn, you wanted to say like, do you, do you really think this does anything? I had a girl turn around at the grocery store. I was standing about four feet away from her and she had about 12 feet between her and the next person. She turned around and said, ah, excuse me, do you mind backing up? And I was like, yeah, I do mind. You move forward, all right? <laughs> go ahead. There's plenty of room in front of you. If you need to get away from me, go ahead. <laughs> Great. I'm the asshole again. <laughs> and then we find out uh, masks don't work, which all the conspiracy theorists were saying in the very beginning. I mean, how many, I don't know, you quote, how many studies were there? Yeah, over 170. Yeah. And our way, way, way out there prediction that all of the adverse reactions and um, effects of taking the vaccine were going to be repackaged and sold to us under the guise of long COVID. Right. Which is happening. Oh, my God. This is already happening. Long COVID is everything. I just saw, do you know what the AARP is? I think I have long COVID, though, by the way. Do you? Yeah. I've been sick since uh, December 30th. Hmm. Actually, this is what I think happened. Okay. I do know what AARP is. But uh, before I get there, I got the flu. Then I got better quickly. Mm -hmm. Everyone else in my house suffering terribly. But I got better quickly. Then I got a cold right after that. And I remember thinking while I had the flu, how come no one ever gets the flu and a cold at the same time? But I guess, you know, obviously you wouldn't know, right? It would just kind of all. Right. But it's possible. And I got it right after I got better. Uh, better. Then I got better. Then I think I got covid Right after that. And I think I still have it right now. Really? And possibly strep throat. Thanks. Thanks yeah. for telling me in the beginning. Uh, AARP would be the uh, American Association of Retired Persons. That's which it. When I, my, on my last birthday, my mom told me, she goes, well, on the bright side, at least you're only five years away from being able to get AARP. <laughs> and I was like, thank you thank very you. much. Is that, that my, is, is that my present? Quite the silver lining. <laughs> They just, cause this is kind of funny because uh, a little bit of a side street, but I was having a discussion with someone and they're talking about COVID or something. I'm like, what booster are they on right now? He's like, I have no idea. AARP just mandated, want to take a guess? The eighth booster. Wow. Mandated it, which is kind of funny because I thought in my head, I'm all... How does AARP mandate anything? I don't know. You don't get their magazine if they don't <laughs> anymore. That's a great magazine. <laughs> Is think about it like this: if you took your dog to the vet, right, and uh, I, I want to get him uh, the rabies vaccine, mm -hmm. that's all. Here you go. I go home, I come home from work. My dog's frothing at the mouth and you know trying to attack me through the front door. <laughs> I call the vet. Hey, I think my dog has rabies. He goes, Yeah, bring him down. We'll give him another shot. Gotcha. Bring him down. Give him another shot. Two weeks later, come home. Dogs just like chewing on my car tire, like running in circles, like <laughs> foaming at the mouth again. And he's got rabies again. Bring him down. Give him another shot. Even if you are not blessed with critical thinking or any kind of skepticism whatsoever, I would say like maybe around three or four, I'd ask the veterinarian, like, what, do, what are we doing here? Like, how, how does this work? Are you, are you vaccinating him against rabies? Like, no. Not really. Well, you could still get rabies and you can still get spread rabies. It. Yeah, but it would be way worse. Eight times. Can you have, that eight times? <laughs> he'd have died if you hadn't given him the fucking vaccine. So this is good because this is. I'm skipping all over today, but I want to talk about the media. Have you heard of the Children's Health Defense? No, I haven't. Uh, Children's Health Defense Fund. Basically, they're doing some pretty incredible work of exposing the 
multitudes of COVID fuckery, and they have different chapters. So this is from COVID's or Children's Health Defense Fund, New York. One of the journalists took on the task. They went through all of the published obituaries going back to 2015 to today. And there is actually a database that you can use. I think it's called Legacy that you can search all obituaries, like if you're looking for a person or whatever. And he used as his keywords, um, died suddenly or unexpectedly. Mm. So every, any obituary. That would be every kid though, right? What's that? That'd be every child. Uh, okay, yeah, well, could be. I'm, sure, I'm sure there's yeah. some kind of baseline, right? Okay. Okay. 2015, 47,000, right? 2016, 46,000. 2017, 45,000. 2018, 43,000, 2019, 37,000, all kind of around the same. Right. Mm -hmm. 2020, the year of the most dangerous virus known to man. Yeah, COVID. It must have just gone through the roof, right? Because COVID, as we know, was just like killing children. I think it was, was it Seth? Uh, Seth McFarland. McFarland was saying that like tons of kids. Thousands of thousands children died. Of children died. <laughs> <laughs> or Justice Sonia Mayo or, or Soda Moyar or whatever. Yeah, 200,000 was it? <laughs> <laughs> like 500,000. 2020, 49,000. Up a little bit. 2021. The well, the, the vaccine was in place. We were vaccinating kids. Must have dropped a ton. 80,000. Up mm. almost 100%. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess we hadn't started vaccinating them yet. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it must have been COVID still. This is really interesting. So by 2022, though, everyone was vaccinated. 75,000. Still just mm. about double. Now, this is where it gets interesting. And this is where we talk about... God, this is so morbid. I yeah, can't believe we're... I know. We're going to play a game here. Being flippant about um, this. 2023. What do you think it was? Back down. 45,000. Okay. So, point being... Why do you think that is in 2023? Because the NPC answer is like, well, it's all those people that died from COVID. I'm like, okay, you're a year off, right? The jump is in 2021, so we could start there. Number two, if you are right, that means the shot didn't work. So you're wrong, you're full of shit, like either way. Or did these rates go up and then 2023, they go back down to their normal levels? Was there a coordinated push through media like, hey, look, these conspiracy theorists are coming out and they're saying they're making these montages of like died suddenly and died unexpectedly. I mean, there's even some like dipshit made a movie <laughs> using one of those titles. Like how about we don't do half their work for them? And so the premise being and then where people would call you conspiracy theorists, like do you really think that media has like this coordinated, you know, this other power structure above them basically giving them the narrative or the propaganda? Yes, I do think that. But let's yeah. play. Let's play a game. Okay. Well, hold on though. Okay. I mean, we know uh, hypothetically we we could know if because I think what you and I are both getting to we haven't said it is that the vaccine killed all these kids. Yes. Um. No, this, this in, isn't kids. This is just people. Oh, right. The whole I thought the whole time we we're talking about kids. no, no. I would. <laughs> I was, I was feeling really terrible. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't have the... Oh, it's just adults saying? <laughs> Who gives a shit? Okay, back on, back on track. Yeah, okay. This is, this is not kids. Um, okay, so uh, were people... Is your... What you're getting at saying that people were... Less people were getting vaccinated? 
and that's why the number went down? No, I went that there was some kind of agreement or directive giving from a higher power structure saying like, stop with all these headlines about died unexpectedly or died suddenly. Oh, because that's what was being tabulated in the the study. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because if we look at, because this does not jive with what, and we'll get into this, with the excess mortality rates, which Mm -hmm. I'm going to bring receipts for. Right, right, right. It's not like like less people are dying suddenly. More people are dying suddenly. Whether it was suddenly or not, excess mortality would suggest that it was We're just not not seeing them in obituaries. The definition of excess mortality is that it's unexpected. Yeah. It's it's rates we, we outside have an, of the normal mean of what we would expect for that year for people to die. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's do this test. So for so first we have to get over the first hurdle we hurdle we have to get over is like do you really think like media is like being controlled or you know what I mean? So um, is your screen up on here? Yep. Can you use some? Uh huh. Let's type in type in Ray Epps. Never heard of him. There's probably a reason for that. Okay. Now, just read through the headlines and tell me how many of them deviate from a specific narrative. Ray Epps, a target of conspiracy theories. Ray Epps, target of January 6th conspiracy theory, is sentenced to probation. Conspiracy theory target Ray Epps gets a year probation. Ray Epps, the one capital rioter DOJ wants to feel bad for. Washington Examiner. Hmm. So that one deviated. Ray Epps, man at center of right-wing conspiracy theories. Ray Epps, pro-Trump rioter smeared by conspiracy theories. Uh, former Oath Keeper admits the election was not stolen. That's something else. <laughs> so, well, it's kind of along the same lines. Right. Uh, Ray Epps, center of conspiracy theory. Ray Epps, target Jan 6 conspiracy theory. Ray Epps, January 6 defendant scapegoated by far-right media. Okay, so all so- but one... Uh, article so far deviated. Yeah, no, I, I don't think the media is totally coordinated, and they're giving a sp- specific directive or angle or narrative. Well, when it's crystal to. clear that someone is guilty <laughs> of a crime, then we will not defend them. So when you, you know, these conspiracy theorists, as all these Ray Epps people are talking about, like, well, these are the same people that you're calling conspiracy theorists saying, like, this six feet apart thing is stupid. It's like, that's, it's not a thing. It doesn't do anything. Like, I, why are you guys doing this? These masks don't work. And it's just like, okay, fine. Wait a year and a half. Wait two years. And then the guy, your Lord and Savior, Anthony Fauci goes like, no, it wasn't based on anything. We just, we had to do something. It was basically bread and circuses for you people that you COVID hysterics, which is so like we had to do, why did you have to do something? Well, we had to do something. He wants to do something. We did something. We did something. Are you happy? So one of my favorite things to go back to the excess mortality, one of the favorite things that we've done on this podcast is when we got to interview that insurance executive, Yeah, he was high up and his specialty was life insurance. Right. And in his very direct and forthright manner of him telling us, he's like, look, my job is to take actuary tables and make a projection about the next year. And he goes, I was amazed at how honest he was. I thought it was so awesome. I know. He goes, listen, the house always wins. We're a business. Insurance company makes money. My job is to make them money. The way that I make them money is I have to accurately project what these mortality rates are going to be, and then we have to adjust accordingly financially. That's how we make our money. And correct me if I'm wrong, if I remember right, he said that the life insurance component of their business model was one of the more lucrative parts of their business. It was one of the more easy uh, 
to predict, I think, yeah. is the reason for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have, do you have life insurance? Yes. I have life insurance. Neither of us will probably ever no. capitalize on it because it's term life insurance. Because <laughs> we're not vaccinated. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's easy for them to make money on it. And so at some point, remember we asked him, we're like, okay, so. At least it was easy before people started dying suddenly. (laughs) And so, well, this is right when we had asked him, like, okay, so are you at some point, are we going to see these excess mortality rates go up? He's like, are you, are you seeing this in your projections? Right. It was right on the cusp. But when we were kind of all asking these questions, we're Mm -hmm. just starting to hear about people dying suddenly, for example, Mm -hmm. he's like, are you starting to see these excess mortality rates go up? He goes, Yes. Did you start to see them go up right around the time of the rollout of the vaccine? Goes, yes. Yes. And he's, when he said, he's like, look, I, I can't afford to be political or have a view on this or view on that. He's like, I read actuary tables and I make a projection. That's my job. Like, I can't have any feelings about it. He goes, but yes, to your two questions, those are both true. That's the beautiful thing about insurance companies. Yes. So I bring this up because there are a handful of doctors. I'm sure you recognize some of these guys. Um, and yes, doctors, as in experts. Like Jill Biden. <laughs> yes, like Dr. Jill Biden. Uh, that are being assembled in this particular case by uh, journalist Steve Kirsch. And they had done the same thing as far. They were going through all the actuary tables. And these are people that are like, we had no. He's like, I'm a, I'm a practicing physician. Um, I'm seeing people dying. I'm seeing people dying, healthy young men, 29, 30, dying with heart attacks. He's like, Our, my job as a physician is to start asking questions. He's like, and then when I present this information to a medical board or, you know, peer reviewed literature or whatever, and everyone immediately shuts it down. Some guys have, some guys did have their license taken away. Um, he's like, then we really start going like, we need to look into this because something's going on. Like, and they had no, this wasn't political, you know what I mean? It was, I, you know, what's the Hippocratic oath to do no harm. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was my job. I take that oath very, very seriously. And I'm being prevented from doing that. There's something going on here and we want to figure out what it is. And all these doctors came. So the more famous ones, you know, your Robert Malone, your Peter McCullough. And, and then, um, so these guys, so this, one of these guys, Dr. Ryan Cole, he brought up a good point and he said, he's all, we can manipulate data as we talked about earlier anyone can because we can say like okay if someone dies after they take the shot but it's within two weeks i think we can still classify that as unvaccinated so that'll go down as an unvaccinated death for example or if someone comes in takes the vax and dies but it was their fourth booster but we're going to call the fifth booster fully vaccinated so that's an unvaccinated death i mean tons of fuckery yeah. Right? And all the stuff that we talked about. He said, the one thing you cannot manipulate is people dying. The actuary table. He's like, unless they're going to go out and start hiding bodies, that's the one thing you can't manipulate. If someone dies, they die. Are those rates going up? Yes, they are. But when they start going up, this is funny. Not funny, haha, but. <laughs> I'm getting ready to just have a, one of those <laughs> belly ache <laughs> Is if when you look at the excess mortality rates, they did they really didn't go up in 2020 very much, right? Because they went up a, t- a tiny bit. No, there was no COVID. No, well, there was no fucking pandemic. Let's be honest. Yeah, right. 
Yeah, we didn't see how many, this. How many people do you think died just from COVID? Nothing else. There was six. <laughs> it's okay. Good. Yeah. The way you said that with confidence, I'm going <laughs> to go ahead and not, not research that. He goes, the spike in excess mortality went up in 2021 after the raw of the shot. Right. That's why we started asking these questions. Now, they have come... He goes, all the data we're going through, which are the actuary tables, which are the same ones that our insurance friend would go over. He goes, we're, we're looking at an excess mortality death rate of around 17 million people worldwide, starting after the rollout of the COVID shot. That same number, so that's one guy, but he's doing it just going through data. That same number was also repeated this week at a COVID summit in Romania, a bunch of health professionals saying like, yeah, we're looking at around like an excess death mortality rate or like 17 million people beginning after the rollout of the COVID shot. This is all stuff that we knew to be true, right? We can't repeat it enough because it yes. just, it just is. Cause uh, this is one, this is not going to be Epstein. We're not going to go like, yeah, well, we're good. We got to move on. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, no, we're not letting this one go. Like no. you're, you're literally, this is like a literal genocide. 17 million people. Deliberate or not, that's yet to be determined. Um, you cannot deny that something happened where people were killed at a much higher rate than normal. And simply blaming it on COVID is lazy. Yeah. Because it doesn't take that much effort. To someone who wants to deny that this happened, just... Do a little bit of work. Look into the things that Matt's talking about here. Look into excess deaths. Look at when that started. Look at the height of the pandemic. As you know, supposedly Read paragraph seven. The, exactly the year that uh, the flu disappeared, and just really try to just put a tiny bit of effort into understanding this. That COVID was nothing, and the va- I'm just I'm I'm gonna fucking say it. <laughs> COVID was nothing, and the vaccine is fucking killing people. They're dying. Dying. I want people to stop dying. Well, I'm glad you feel that way, because I'm just getting started here. So what prompted this research from these doctors and people like Peter McAuliffe that I was talking about before... And Jill. And Jill, before he was deplatformed and canceled. Before that, he was the most published off, uh, doctor in his field, which is cardiology. Of all, like 9,000 papers or yeah, something? He was like the go-to papers. guy. Yeah. Yeah, and then... He comes out with one paper in the very beginning. Like, I think there's something with these shots. Or like, this guy's a complete quack. Yeah. Like, deplatform. They started doing to him what we do to Jill Biden. Use the quotes around doctor. <laughs> oh, doctor. Peter Dr. McCullough. Pe- cardiologist. Uh-huh. Most published in his field. <laughs> um, is that he, when he started noticing that most of these deaths were primarily happening, happening in young people, young, healthy people. And that's why these doctors started kind of come together. And, you know, they're going like, I've never seen someone in their late 20s die of a heart attack in their sleep. <laughs> like, now I'm seeing that on a regular basis. Another doctor goes, me too. As doctors, don't you think we should look into this? After some not much digging, like, huh, they both just got their booster and then and they died. That's what I'm seeing too. And then you start going like, okay. We, take, we go from there, and they're like, okay, we need the data to back this up because this is, um, you know, anecdotal at this point, right? So now we move into, right. as, as scientists would be want to do, 
Yeah. They looked into data rather than just the anecdotes. Yeah. Right. You and I basically live in the world of anecdotes. <laughs> yes. I don't do a lot of uh, scientific research. Well, we, do, we do both. We do both. But I do know a few people that have either had strokes or actually died. As we call the walk out the front door test. In a very, uh, at, a, at a young age, let's say. Right. Or here's, do this. Do this at home. Here's some homework. Liberty Tree homework. Right? Uh, make a list in your head of the people you know that didn't take the COVID shot. Can, and the other list is going to be the people you know that did take the COVID shot. How many died in list one versus how many <laughs> died in list two? Right. <laughs> how many people keep getting COVID in horrific fashion over and over? Just that's your homework for the week. Just play that game in your head. So now these deaths were coming from strokes, heart attacks, pericarditis, myocarditis, uh, clots, blood clots, enlarged hearts, causing other problems. And now we have turbo cancers. So cancer being something that very, very heavily affected both of our families. So the phrase turbo cancer was a fringe 4chan telegram phrase, right? The was known as kind of a, just the, just saying the phrase was a conspiracy theory. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds pretty ludicrous. And uh, I think I've, I'm guilty of thinking turbo cancer was just kind of a, an idea. Yeah. Nothing, there's no data of supporting drip. an idea like drip, drip, turbo cancer. Drip, it is part of the mainstream. Uh, let's play another game. Type in uh, cancer rate increasing. And right. let's just plow through the top, I don't know what, 10, 12 headlines that we see. All right. And this is on uh, Brave, by the way. This is not Google. Okay. Cancer incidents rising among adults under 50. New report finds many cancers are on the rise in the U.S. Even as overall, I'm curious what that says, even as overall. Deaths fall. Deaths fall. That's due to early treatment and technology. Have you seen that uh, gun deaths have gone down in states that have implemented open uh, constitutional carry? I would not have guessed that. No, right? <laughs> Shocking. God, I thought guns were the reason people were being killed. Cancer rates, uh, cancer cases rising in young, in adults younger than 50 years old, report says. Annual report to the nature, uh, to the nation, 20, this is 2022. National, Okay. That headline does not qualify. Cancer deaths declining overall, but troubling increase for colon. And it's going to say under 50. Or younger adults. Breast cancer in younger adults. <laughs> they were on to us. They knew we were going to Google this. Um, so what's, what's the kind patterns of in cancer incidents among people younger than 50? What's the general takeaway from all those headlines? Uh, yeah, that cancer for people that shouldn't be getting cancer is on the rise. Mm -hmm. So there's another doctor. Her name is Colleen Huber. Uh, she did some amazing work. I'm going to try to keep this simple, but she uh, looked at the increase in cancer rates, particularly in young people. And I, I have to explain this to kind of make the connection, so I'm going to try to keep this brief. She explains it. There's something called the basement membrane. I don't know if you've ever heard of this, which is the interface. Oh, boy. Between the... Um, the vascular system and our connective tissue, I guess you should say. And what this, this robust barrier does is it lets any kind of cancer cells basically enter the bloodstream. I'm going to keep so this they, simple the, as this possible. This membrane is uh, something that can be 
passed through easily? No, it's not supposed to be, but it can be. If it becomes okay. degraded or what they call in oncology circles, remodeled, hmm. if that if that barrier becomes degraded or compromised somehow, and then you have cancer cells on the other side, and those cancer cells enter the vascular system, cancer is off and running and goes straight to the organs and be, immediately begins to start making tumors. Now, the point I bring this up is that one of the... Uh, due to some something called a cellular matrix, and it's okay. No, we have a very, very <laughs> uh, privy, uh, intelligent audience. Okay. They, can, they can handle this. Yeah. So, um, lay it on us, Doctor Matt. What the the building blocks that make this um, like a robust diaphragm to serve its purpose, which is to uh, yeah, car- compartmentalize the, the body right. so that uh, problems and in one so area. Doctor Colin Huber calls the building boxes is collagen, and collagen needs this component and this component, and it has to uh, do with like mitochondrial DNA, which is later you know, measured by length, which determines its health, and blah 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 blah. Right. Point being is there's a connection between the degradation of the basement barrier and heart health, and this has to do with the buildup of collagen. You know, to basically Consider it, um, so think of it like this. If your heart becomes injured or compromised or, I don't know, affected negatively somehow by, I don't know, a spike protein, for example, Mm. is all the resources that would go to bolster up that basement membrane now have to be used for the heart. So an easy way to think of it is you go to work tomorrow and half your coworkers don't show up. Now you have to do their job as well as yours. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to kind of suck. And so as we have seen this increase in heart injuries or pericarditis and myocarditis, all these rates, they're directly mirroring that spike is turbo cancers. And Dr. Dr. Colleen Huber is saying like, this is why. It's because the heart is injured and that affects the integrity of this basement barrier and that's why we're seeing all these like turbo cancers so we're seeing the rates of turbo cancers like go up and up and up directly mirroring i know this is extremely dark but and i know i have to get out in the weeds here but i'm trying to explain the connection between the two instead of saying like i don't know just like everything's going off the rails and everyone's dying of everything there's a reason why all these things are connected right so To the North Carolina basketball fans out there, uh, Eric Montross passed away recently from cancer. He was diagnosed in September. Right. And I just knew a, a friend of a friend was di- diagnosed uh, two days before Thanksgiving, was dead the day after Christmas. Completely healthy. Young. Early 40s. Yeah. And... Uh, I don't want to do this, but it's going to get way fucking worse. And I'm going to show you why <laughs> I'm going to bring some receipts, which I, I don't know. I, I debated bringing this stuff up at all. It's like, I don't want to make light of it. This is like terrifying. So I knew this was coming cause I was crying in church this morning when the pastor was talking about the kids that he knew that were, he didn't, he wasn't talking about the vaccine or anything, but just about the hardships that people are going through. It seems like it's, uh, right. It's out there. Let's talk about Pfizer for a sec. So Pfizer, it's important to know. I think pe- many people have a, a very erroneous perception of what Pfizer is. Cause if you ask the common layman, what's Pfizer? It's that company that Travis Kelsey works for. 
<laughs> Wait. Oh, no. Taylor Swift works for uh, the Assad and he works for. Fa- okay. Yeah. I was, yeah. It's, I it's hard to keep straight. Up, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, many people think that Pfizer is a pharmaceutical company. Now, technically, they are, but not as far as the way that we understand what a pharmaceutical company are. What they are is they're a venture capitalist firm. I was just going to say, I, I was going to guess, but not. I didn't want to sidetrack you. I was going to say, let me guess, like every other fucking company that is an American company, American companies don't make anything anymore, right? Right. What do they do? They make finance. They buy other companies that are making. They're a finance company. Yeah. So they, they operate. They're probably not even American. It doesn't matter. That's the fucking (laughs) game. And obviously their decision, they go up and buy other companies that are producing things and labs, you know, and you know, startups and anything. And that decision to buy that company and what that market price is based on is based on a projection, much like our insurance exec friend did. He goes like, okay, they're going to buy this company. Why is that? It's like, I think they're working on this product. There's going to be a need for this product. Or um, I think they, you know, their, their innovation, we're very impressed by it. Like, it's an investment, right? What's the ROI on this company? They're not just buying companies for the hell of it, right? So people say, you know, Steve Jobs is, right? I've heard of him. Yeah. So people say that his genius, or I think he even said this about himself. <laughs> my <'cause> genius. Because <laughs> he's a fucking <laughs> lunatic. He goes, my success hinges on, or his success hinges on, I come up with products before people know that they need them. Right. Right. So think about, uh, you know, life before the iPod. iPod. Get the iPod. I, do, I used to carry around a disc man and you're dumb bullshit. I used to walk around with a record player. This is bullshit. <laughs> skip, skip. <laughs> Try to play basketball. This is your favorite seven inch. <laughs> oh. You know, they used to put record players in cars. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. CD players are bad enough, as evidenced by your old Ford Ranger, which had no radio due to the skippage oh, of a certain oh, CD. Oh, the world's worst temper tantrum they've ever had. <laughs> or another way a company or investor can make is to have some kind of information that the thing that they're about to invest in is going to be very, very sought after. Uh, we can call this the... Nancy and Paul Pelosi <laughs> School of Investing. <laughs> yeah. It's not so much an industry <laughs> as it is just kind of a insider trading. He healed up all right after that gay hammer attack. You know, we haven't heard much about old Paul. Uh, yeah, interesting. That just kind of disappeared. Or maybe someone can create a product that would necessitate yet another product, thus making the company kind of double dip, you know, from the public good. Um, perfect example is... Uh, what if Apple, I don't know, improved the iPhone? So you have to have this little iPhone adapter now if you want to plug in headphones. <laughs> Dude, you whoever son of a was responsible for that, may you rot in hell, not surrounded by loved ones. <laughs> God forbid we have a 17 millimeter jack on the side of a phone anymore. <laughs> so back to our favorite venture capitalist firm, uh, Pfizer, and its CEO slash bond villain, Albert <laughs> Albert. Borla, uh, Pfizer has just recently shocked the investment world with its recent purchase of a company called Segan, a small existing pharmaceutical company, and they bought this company for $43 billion. Now, to order to leverage the sale, they had to issue, I believe, $33 billion of debt to 
purchase this company. Now, Segan um, has an average kind of income that it brings in of around $2 billion. Uh, last year, I believe they made, no, this year they made $2.2 billion. This left the investment world completely scratching their head. Like, Pfizer issued 30 something billion dollars of debt to buy a company that generates $2 billion a year. Like, this doesn't make any sense to us. Mm-hmm. And Albert Borla, Pfizer CEO, went on a press tour like, to try to explain himself away. The entire, all, all, the entire investment world was like, this, this makes no sense financially. Like, why would someone do this? So why would Pfizer flush with its profits hot off the pandemic buy a company for this much money? This is like unprecedented, right? Was this a um, company that uh, made caskets or funeral home uh, accoutrement? Take one more guess what Segan specializes in. Uh, treating people with myocarditis? Turbo cancer. Treating people with turbo cancer? This is specifically what this company does. I almost nailed it. On the ensuing press tour, Borla explained this purchase. He goes, 33% of all people in the entire world will have turbo cancer. He said that? He goes, out loud? For this, I am certain. Did he then say, he did I that say that out loud? A, that's a quote. Did he go, <laughs> did he go whoops, hey, whoops, after that? <laughs> and I want you to think of the COVID shot here. Another quote. We have a very quick way of completing clinical trials and will be produced globally at scale, just like the mRNA. He's pointing to the mRNA shot as saying like, yeah, it's going to be that successful. But now for turbo cancer. I mean, to, yeah, to your average blue-pilled normie, then you would probably eat that right up. Yeah, makes sense. So, but think of it like this. To recap, the man and the company that brought you the same mRNA technology that all signs are pointing to caused the recent spike in turbo cancers, something that two years ago we had never heard of. He's calling them turbo cancers now. It's no longer Alex Jones territory. Yeah, drip, drip, drip. Yep. He just made a $43 billion bet that 33% of the entire world population is going to suffer from turbo cancers. Anything you want to do One blade breaking my heart One blade tearing your body Six blade nights Do anything for you You take away my money Like you take away the top of my tail Coming from behind me